What can you expect from an experienced financial advisor? Are all advisors alike? And will the right advisor really make a positive difference? Your Financial Journey is a podcast brought to you by Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank and Trust. In this series, members of the PWA team discuss the importance of planning, relevant developments, and investment strategies geared to help you achieve your wealth management goals and to provide you with experience, guidance, and support every step of the way. Welcome. I am Doug DeGroat from Providence Wealth Advisors. On this podcast, we're going to discuss our thoughts on what to expect in the markets, as well as other economic issues for the last half of 2023. I have with me today, Brian Granado and Tom Clifford, who are also with Providence Wealth Advisors and the Providence Bank Trust Department. Welcome, Brian and Tom. Thank you, Doug. Good morning, Doug. Thank you for having us. Thanks for joining me. Uh, so before the three of us share some thoughts on what to expect for the balance of 2023, I thought I would lead off with a summary of what we anticipated for the year in our January podcast. So we were cautiously optimistic at that time, but we did feel there were some issues uh, that we were dealing with that we hadn't dealt with for many years, specifically uh, rising interest rates and when does the Fed stop raising interest rates to thwart inflation. However, we did note that inflation appeared to be peaking, which it appears was correct, and that that could be a catalyst for the equity and bond markets later in the year. So with all that noted, here's where we stand halfway through 2023 with some of our market indexes. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 2.86%. The S&P 500, a little over 14%. The NASDAQ, close to 30% up so far this year. Emerging Markets, up 5.09%. The Bank of America Five-Year Treasury Index, up a little bit over 1%. The Bank of America 10-year Treasury Index, up a little over 2%. Bank of America 7-12-year to -year Municipal Index, up a little over 2%. So as you can see, all sectors are positive this year as interest rates have begun to stabilize. The best equity sectors of 2023 so far, technology at 38.71% and communication services at 35.74%. And very similar to last year, the, the growth sector is up significantly more than value. Uh, the S&P 500 growth sector is up 18.77 year-to-date, uh, value up 9.18%. So as a side note, we do not think that trend can continue uh, forever. Either value is eventually going to catch up or you're going to have growth pull back in here. So today, we thought we'd offer some thoughts on a few issues, inflation, the economy, interest rates, the Fed, and finally, equities or stocks. So Brian and Tom, let's start with the economy. It seems, seems to me things are pretty resilient out there. Um, I think we've been hearing for the coming recession for the last two years, yet we've had no recession. So Brian, let's start uh, with you on this uh, topic. What, what are some thoughts uh, you're seeing on the, the economy? Well, um the second half of 2023 uh, may hold the potential for fewer surprises, we hope anyway. Uh, we have a debt ceiling in place uh, until early 2025, global central banks moving toward a pause on rates, and bank stress stabilizing. So that being said, there's still some threats to the U.S. economy, tighter credit, lower consumer savings, declining corporate profits, and rising layoffs. So, so we know the labor market's is showing some cracks, you know, the reports are out there. Um, 
Unemployment is typically one of the last economic pillars to fall in a recession. Getting inflation back into the bottle without a comparable uptick in unemployment has been the Fed's goal throughout the hiking cycle, which may be difficult to to achieve, um, which leads one to believe that U.S. recession seems more likely than not. Of course, that remains to be seen and to what extent. I think that's the bigger question. Brian, I, I guess I, I'm going to just touch on something you said there real quick is that the, the, the banking industry, um, it, it seems like it was years ago, but just a couple months ago, we were on the verge of a banking implosion um, with three bank failures and then what the effect of that was going to be on the economy. So that that's all like a distant memory at this point. Yeah, and it, and it, it is. And certainly that those ripples back then were pretty large, actually. Were, you know, yeah, it was yeah, it's quite impressive. So. And again, even if the Fed nearly is nearly finished raising interest rates, you know the high level of rates coupled with a likely or potential recession um, on, uh, will certainly weigh on the financial markets. And I'd say this persistent credit um, tightening that is happening, you know, as we speak, is is growth's most visible threat. I'd say in the next twelve to eighteen months, give or take. So yeah, we talk about it all the time, but there's definitely a slowing. I know you, Tom, and I are always chatting about that, but it, it seems to us things are slowing anyway uh, economically. Tom, how about you? Anything to add on on the economic front? Sure, Doug. A, a couple um, points. Um, you mentioned that we have heard about the coming recession for the last couple of years. Um, as I look at some of the recession indicators, in, you know, inflation has continued to trend downward a little bit. Leading indicators have weakened. Um, Brian mentioned that the labor market and the concept of a, a rolling recession continues to define economic activity. Over the past six months, the nine non-financial components within the leading economic indicators have been primary drivers of weakness. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see where we end up on that recession cycle um, we kind of have a little, a couple different feelings that it, it may not appear. Brian, I think you kind of think that it, it could actually resurface or surface a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see as we move into the next six months. Rolling recession, I think, is that is the, yes. the theme maybe is that it just kind of keeps moving through sectors. You have some sectors get weaker and then other sectors get stronger in the, the process. So, Absolutely. Um, We'll, we'll see how that goes. But I guess kind of a, a quick summary on our end, we're, we're cautiously optimistic. I agree, Tom, that we each have a, a different opinion maybe, but it, they're also similar. We're, we're cautiously optimistic. I would say, I think we're all in agreement. We don't see an economic crash coming. I mean, I think we hear that all the, the time, but um, I think for now, it just seems like things are slowing a little bit in different areas. Some areas doing okay. Um, and maybe that's okay. Uh, f- from a long-term perspective of the economy. Yeah, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. So let's move on then and, and talk about some of the specific areas. Um, and we'll start with interest rates in the Fed. Um, and I know from a personal perspective, one of the most common things I've heard this year is, is get me out of the stock market and, and buy treasuries for my account. Um, and I know, as our, our listeners probably are aware, um, the 10-year treasury was yielding you know, below below one percent about two years ago. Today, that ten-year Treasury is at three point seven five percent, and short-term Treasuries are even higher. You know, you've got short-term interest rates in the five percent uh, range. We noted at the start of the year that you know we have been in a bull bond bull market for the last forty years, and it looks like that trend has finally been uh, broken. Uh, rates cannot continue to go low forever, um, and I, I think they may have hit a. a, a low-term 
trough, if you will, from a rate perspective, at least uh, for the near term. Um, but I, I guess with all that said, I'd be remiss to, to not note that the, the yield curve remains inverted. Uh, the markets are pricing in future interest rate cuts by the Fed, even though we've got the Fed at, out there even today uh, before our broadcast indicating that they're going to continue to raise rates. Um, so, uh, let, Tom, let's start with you on this topic. You know, where, where, what are your thoughts on, you know, the Fed and where you see rates going and, and um, so forth? Sure, Doug. <clears throat> um, what, what has changed that, you know, I, I wanted to start there. Um, the Fed continued its aggressive pace of rate hikes. Um, as you mentioned on the banking sector, instability flared in that in that sector, which required government intervention, not surprisingly, and volatility in the, in the market soared. What stands out, though, is how much didn't change. Short-term yields have pushed higher as the Fed has tightened, but yields on Treasuries maturing in two years or more, nearly are unchanged. Uh, the yield curve remains inverted, as you mentioned, Doug, but the spread between the two and 10-year treasuries has stabilized. Chairman Powell continues to follow its hike and hold strategy to fight inflation. It raised rates rapidly over the last year, bringing the Fed Fund's target rate to five to five and a quarter, the highest level since 2007. I believe in the second half of the year, the Fed will be signaling, signaling that it will likely shift to holding rates steady and increase only if inflation remains persistent. And I think that's a great point, Tom, stability. And I think that's what we've seen now over the last couple of months. It's, um, you know, you've still got all this talk by the Fed, they're going to raise rates, the market's saying they're going to cut rates. And I just think some stability would be helpful for, for everybody. And just like you said, including the financial uh, sector, which has been drastically affected by rising interest rates. Um, so those are all great points. Um, Brian, anything you'd like to add to that? Uh, sure. Uh, again, as we noted earlier, you know, a credit crunch may uh, loom on the horizon. You know, lending standards have certainly tightened, which has implications for what is the most important direct fundamental um, underpinning the stock market, which is corporate earnings, as we all know. So um, I'd also mention the potential flaw in holding too much cash and not enough bonds at this point. You know, cash was certainly a great place to hide in 2022, uh, outpaced most other asset classes last year. You know, however, cash has underperformed uh, the global equity markets uh, year to date. Brian, I, I think I, I'll interject there. I'll stop you. Um, the other thing, the other risk I can see is holding too much short-term paper. You know, we've got a lot of clients within our group that are all focused on, hey, I can get 5% in a treasury for six months. Why would I take a two-year bond at four? The problem is in six months, if the market's right, when that 5% maturity comes due, rates might be 3%. You Correct. That's exactly right. You know, these cash rates may have peaked, Doug, like you're saying. And over the next 12 months, when the Fed does start to reduce rates, which they probably will, you know, locking in longer term rates now instead of, you know, rolling them over in lower rates in the quarters ahead may be a detriment. So, again, just uh, consider extending duration, I think, yeah. is key. I, I would agree. And again, we're not encouraging our listeners to go out 20 years, but uh, I think it's OK if you went out two and three years with some of your bond component. Um, and lock in these rates. They, they may not be around forever. And, I, and that is the great unknown. So um, so I mentioned the 10-year uh, the Treasury today, which is the, the, the index we 
follow. Um, it kind of gives us a, a good gauge of what's going on economically. Is it call it 375 today? So I'm going to put each of you guys on the spot. Um, where do you see that 10 year treasury at year end? Tom, I'll, I'll start with you. Where, where do you think it's going to be? Well, Doug, when I first was thinking about that number, I was actually a little bit higher than where I thought I would end up at. I'm actually thinking they're going to be at right around three and a quarter. All right. You you see a, a 50 percent, 50 basis points move down. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Brian, you? Yeah, I'm not too far off from Tom's number. I'm, I'm shooting for a three and a half-ish, right. I'd say. So both of you are kind of agreeing with the market that the, yes. the Fed's going to go the yes. other way. Now, yep. Are you going to counter that? Down? So I'm going to go the other way. Okay. I, I, I I'm going to say yes, uh, you're going to see that tenure at around 4%. Okay. I don't think that's what sh- where it should be or what the Fed's strategy should be. But I think they're adamant about raising rates, proving their independence, and trying to really stop inflation. I think they've probably gone far enough on the rate mm. cycle. But I, I think um, Chairman Powell is... Uh, going to prove himself here, and, and yeah, I would agree. He's not. He's going to go down swinging. Yeah, my he's guess. going <laughs> down swinging. That's a good point. So there you have it. We're somewhere between call it three and a half and four, three and a quarter and four. Um, but um, so not too far off from where we are are today, quite honestly. Um, let's let's transition to, to equities or, or or stocks, if you will. You know, the first half of the year has seen equities grind higher. Um, in, in spite of what I call still this interest rate uncertainty, we've still got various international issues, which we had at the start of the year, by the way. Uh, Russia, Ukraine is still out there. We've still got this China-Taiwan issue um, and, and even our own political divisiveness in this country. Um, with that noted, I, I've, I'm always a believer that the market will go in a direction that can hurt the most investors. And people always ask me, well, why is the market going this way or that way? I just think sometimes it goes the opposite way everybody thinks it's going to go. And I, I think most investors during 2023 were were light on equities or stocks. Um, most investors were thinking that uh, stock prices would continue to go lower this year, uh, kind of coming off the heels of 2022 with a very bad year. And um, and I think what happened was you, you had the market rally and then you had a lot of investors pile back into equities thinking they were missing out. So, you know, basically investors were, were on the sidelines of, uh, for the first half of the year in the equity market. So we've always tried to fall, you know, to avoid falling into that trap. And we've stayed focused, I think, on the longer, longer term time horizon. It's just too hard to, to time the markets. Um, as you guys know, I've tried that personally every now and then. I always think, I, I know I can do it. I know this is going to happen. And it never works out that way. I've never had uh, much success. But um, with all that said, there's also very different variations in, in equities. Not all equities are the same. Um, you've got dividend-oriented equities. You've got growth-oriented equities. Just as we talked early in the in the podcast. Um, so Brian, why don't I I turn this one back to you? Where where do you see equities uh, going for the latter half of 2023? And just some general thoughts you might have. Yeah. So I, I think the stock market could still experience bounce of volatility um, because of the ongoing uncertainty about the Fed policy, weaker corporate earnings, and possibly this frothy investor sentiment that's out there right now. Um, so similar to our strategy within our group, uh, consider defensive positioning, which favors you know quality companies with strong balance sheets, uh, strong levels of profitability and cash flows, um, preference to maybe U.S. large cap equities versus U.S. mid cap, small cap, and um, 
And just swinging back to the our commentary on the bond side, you know, um, remaining defensive on the fixed income and staying up on quality, I think that's uh, credit quality will be paramount for bonds going forward here as, as, as credit tightening up. Uh, it comes to fruition. Yeah, there's no question bond rates are going to affect equity valuations yeah, um, it, I think the rest of this year. Yeah, for certain. If you and Tom are right and you see rates decline, that'll be a real positive for equities. That so. would be. That would be. And and recession or no recession, it really doesn't appear that the market will revisit the last October lows. And I, I just say the second half of the year may be marked by less drama than the first half. But by the same token, potentially mild returns for investors as well. So, I would think you and Tom and I see a lot of different analysts and their forecasts for the year. I don't remember seeing any where you had a thirty percent target return for the Nasdaq um, for the first six months of no. the year. Right. So mm-hmm. um, that's just kind of indicative of what's yeah, going on. That's been a shocker, I think. Yeah. So, so Tom, how about you? Let, let me throw it back to you. What are, What are your thoughts on the equity side? Well. Um, there are a few risks out there, earning, earnings cuts, valuation compression. I believe if both of those happen, we could see a decline in the markets of up to about 10%. However, on the other side, if the market looks beyond those cuts, uh, we should expect better times ahead. The Fed could also pivot sooner than expected, thereby reigniting a bull market. As Brian mentioned, um, I believe the worst of a bear market may have already occurred in October of 22 when the S&P dipped to 35.77. The Fed may have to start cutting rates by the end of this year, although Chairman Powell is now talking about a Fed fund rate of about five and an eighth or five and a quarter. And Doug, we've talked in the, in the past about growth versus value or dividend stocks. We here at, uh, at Providence Wealth Advisors have continued to focus on value or dividend stocks. Through the first quarter, growth outperformed value, leading us to believe that there may be some value or some, some um, good-looking returns on the value side. Yeah, it's got to catch up, I would think. You would think, right. And growth tends to be a little bit more riskier than value, but value stocks tend to be better in a rising interest rate environment. Yeah, that's another good point. That being said, there should be some better days in the second half of the year for value stocks, as much as they were lagging a little bit in the first six Mm -hmm. months. If you see the NASDAQ up 30 and the Dow up about two, um, there's got to be some catch up along the way. Well, you would think so, right. Um, and here we also believe that staying diversified is extremely key to any investment portfolio management. Tom, I couldn't agree with that point more because, you know, we'll have clients, of course, call, well, why don't I have everything in the NASDAQ? You know, it's, that's where all your returns are. But they may not be there tomorrow. You mm-hmm. just don't know. And that's why you got to stay diversified. And again, I think, um, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, either that you're going to either have the NASDAQ pull back from those that 30% move you had the first part of the year, or are you going to have the rest of the market catch up? Um, and I do think a lot of analysts are calling for that same type of move, and we feel like value may catch up, that, that, that that'll be what happened. Right. So, okay. So as I as I said, that t- today, um, the Dow sits at 33,750, give or take, somewhere in that range. The S&P 500, which is a more broader index of the, the equities, sits at about 4,300 a day. So, and we're halfway through the year. So, so Brian, um, give me your outlook. Where do we end the year on these indexes? So I'd say, throwing a little dart out there for the Dow at 35,000 and the S&P at 4,400. Okay, so that's I'm a, I'm doing the math real quick in my head. That's a three to five percent move it's higher a from marginal here. Marginal move okay. higher, I'd say. All so. right. 
All right. But I know you guys are a little more aggressive, I think, well, maybe. Tom? I don't know. Tom? No, not, not at this time. I'm actually thinking that the uh, the Dow might end up at around 34.5. Um, and the S&P, closer to where it's at today, 43.50. Ooh. Okay. That's uh, not far off from me, Tom. You must have saw my notes. Um, <laughs> He's cheating for right out loud. <laughs> But I, I'm thinking the Dow is going to be at about 34, which is really about flat uh, from where we're at today. And the S&P, I also had about 43.50 and again, flat. My premise is driven by the, the fact I, I think Chairman Powell is going to keep forcing rates higher. And again, I personally am not sure that's the right move, but I think that's if that happens, it'll be counter to what you two had thought on the rate side and just be a detriment on equities. All right, good. Thank you. So the other issue that we've got coming up um, in 2024, kind of looking ahead to next year already, is is we've got a presidential presidential election that's going to be happening in this uh, country that can always affect markets and the economy. So I think that's probably one of the key issues we're going to be focusing on as as we enter the year, and just some of the plans that are laid out by each candidate, ultimate candidate, I guess, if you will, um, and what their plans are for the the country. So um, for our listeners, again, that'll be a key issue that we see for the the, uh, the coming year. With all that said, as we conclude, those are our thoughts for the balance of 2023. You know, we would culminate with that our group, you know, overall, we feel cautiously optimistic for the balance of the year, but we still think there are some issues that, that we're dealing with that we haven't had to deal with in prior years. And those that predominantly is this interest rate picture, if you will, and the, and the cloudiness of it. Um, rates do affect the economy, as we mentioned, and equities. And and that's just a large variable that could affect the three of our outlooks as, as we finish out the balance of 2023. Um, but again, as we noted, we do think interest rates are close to peaking. Maybe they're not there, but they're, they're getting close. Um, and the question then will be, uh, are we going to just stabilize? Are we going to be this higher for longer? We've heard that thrown out there a by many uh, analysts, if you will, including the Fed, you know, or does the Fed start cutting rates? Do we enter a weak cycle and and go down? Um, so we'll see how the rest of the year plays out. In closing, be sure to subscribe to your financial journey on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please call Brian, Tom, or myself or any of the Providence Wealth Advisor staff with any questions you might have. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having us, Doug. All right. Until next time. Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, or PWA is a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank and Trust, or PB&T. The investment products and services offered by PWA are independent of the products and services offered by PB&T and are not FDIC insured, may lose value, are not bank guaranteed, and are not insured by any federal or state government agency. Investment products and services are offered by appropriately licensed investment advisor representatives, subject to the general oversight and authority of PWA. PWA is an SEC-registered investment advisor company. To obtain a copy of their ADV Part 2A and Form CRS, visit www.providencewealth.com. PWA is located throughout the Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. To contact PWA, call 888-927-7387, email askexperts at providencewealth.com, or write to 20220 South LaGrange Road, Frankfort, Illinois, 60423.